Hello and welcome to Earth Medicine Podcast, your daily medicine for inspired living. My name is Alexia and I am sharing stories, motivations and wisdom from Mama Earth and her change makers. I am so excited you're here with me today. Now tune in and listen. So I'm so very, very honored to be speaking to my dearest spiritual teacher, Ma Gyan, who lives up in the Himalayas at Kirti Hermitage, right by the Ganga River, which you might hear in the background here. Welcome, Ma. Thank you for taking your time to speak to me. Hi, Alexia. Hi, Damini. <laughs> I feel beautiful sitting with you here in this beautiful, sacred space that has been handed to or handed over to me by my gurus and this beautiful temple of silence that we have here the space created for meditation and this beautiful sacred space which is so full of love i feel very very beautiful sitting with you here mm. yeah this place is indeed really filled with love and it's a big reason why i'm drawn to returning over and over and over again so tell me, like, what do you think people experience here when they come? Is it like deep uh, love uh, because of your spiritual teachings, because of this place, because of the river, the nature? What is it that people get here? Well, we, in, in the, within the limited span of our brain where we fit in all the words, you know, our vocabulary, the closest a uh, word which can explain totally what the experience is the word love. The experience <laughs> love here. And uh, when we use this word love, it doesn't limit to just love between two people, but uh, the feeling and the emotion that, that stirs up your heart, you know, due to the presence of every being here in this environment, including... Uh, all the trees, all the animals, the stones, the structures, uh, the people working here, uh, me as a person who takes care of this place, and the entire atmosphere here is pulsating with love. And I think that it is this love that touches their heart deep within, and they are able to feel uh, something very unconditional, something very medicinal, and something very pious, something very sacred, touching their heart. Hmm. So do you think that this, I call it medicine now, right? This medicine that they're getting here, that this is healing their, their soul or whatever, their suffering or, or something that they, they're lacking. Yes, you see, whenever we hear the word healing, and whenever we hear the word transformation, and whenever we hear the word medicine, actually it all trickles down through a funnel of love. There cannot be any medicine on earth, and there cannot be any healing on earth, which is minus love. It cannot work. Everything has to go through the funnel of love. And love, which is very unconditional, very unconditional, that means you are loving somebody and something for the sake of love and not for the sake of the person. You know, when love is just uh, flowing through your every action and through your every uh, movement, then this is unconditional love. And this unconditional love is medicinal. 
it is healing in nature and it certainly will touch everyone's heart whoever is in the periphery wow yes it's very touching <laughs> yes it is, indeed it is and it's very difficult uh, for people to even uh, uh, you know understand this whole concept that how can spaces love you you know how can there be you know love in a space because we normally associate love with a being with a person you know so this one loves me this one loves me i love him i love this one so it's always a person to person that love is experienced and it's difficult for people to assimilate this whole concept of spaces too can be loving the presence of a particular what a body can be loving the himalayas are loving the trees are loving the birds here are loving this whole atmosphere beams with love and it vibrates mm-hmm. with love and so you can't help but experience love when you are here so this is really god's work It's are we we're talking about then a a spiritual unconditional love yeah right so how is how is that love that it's all uh, encompassing everywhere uh different to the love between two people oh but this is a very beautiful question alexia you are very intelligent i'm sure you were born to my womb some past life i'm sure about it we pulsate with same questions and answers <laughs> so yes that's it's truly a very enlightening question love between two people is a combination whatever whenever we talk about love between two people we are always talking about a very collective kind of an emotion a part of this love is unconditional love and a part of this love is very possessive love when you own each other you think you're in love when you own each other when you possess each other when you signature on each other then that becomes a part of, and 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 a whole game of you know love so when two people are in love it is often confused with committed love it is often confused with committed love love can i mean i can love anyone and anyone can love me so we don't have to be committed to each other as in societal or um familial way when there is a when there is a commitment between two people and they are in love with each other there is a third dimension of possess possession that comes sprouts which uh, rare, rarely comes into the notice of people that they start possessing each other they start getting obsessed about each other they start owning each other so when such a relationship breaks if such a relationship breaks love remains and love can never break love is not a atom that can be bra- broken hmm. you know so love never breaks but what breaks is the trust and faith and the possession factor between two people so you can't if you honestly ask yourself you can't not love the other from whom you have separated it's just that the conditions between you two are no longer you know the same as they were so love between two people what we say in the worldly parlance is actually unconditional love plus possession plus obsession plus uh, uh, a deep uh, you know uh, letter of commitment you know it's a combination of all of this when you remove commitment when you remove um possession obsession then what remains is unconditional love and this unconditional love can actually never die it can never die between two people even if they part it can never die because 
The reason is this unconditional love actually is thriving in your own heart. It lives in your own heart. It does not live in the other person. For example, when I say that I have fallen in love with somebody, this somebody becomes an instrument for invoking the love which is intrinsically there in me. And I feel overpouring love in my heart the moment I see this man or this woman. The overpouring of love in my heart because of that man gives me a misnomer or makes me believe that he is my love. Actually, he is not your love. Your love is your love. The love in your heart is what you're experiencing because of somebody. It's the same thing when a mother is holding her child. She feels so much love. Now, that love is not there on the child. Actually, that love is experienced in, in her heart. And the child is instrumental to invoking so much of love in her heart. So she believes that she is in love with the child. Actually, she is in love with the love in her heart. Mm. And she is in love mm. with this instrument which invokes so much of love. Now, here is a very, very important point for you to understand. If this man whom I'm in love with goes away from here, suppose he goes away from here, has my love gone away? No. The love was in my heart. How can it go away? I just have to remind myself that I was so much in love with this man. I felt so much of love in my heart because of him. Can I come back to that point of love again? And you will find that this love has gone away nowhere. It is still in your heart. So people may come in your life or people may go out of your life. If you have experienced heightened love because of someone's presence in your life, hello, you just need to tell yourself, this love has not gone away. It is still there. I just have to find it. Wow. That's very beautiful and deep. I'm very touched by these words. Yeah. So I wonder, is it then part of our purpose to find these instruments, right? These instruments of love, I call them now, to increase the love within. Yes, is you're blessed. If you've ever fallen in love in your life, you're truly blessed. If you have, uh, you had an opportunity to hold your child in your hand and feel love, you're blessed. If you had an intimate relationship with someone that invokes so much of love in your heart, you're blessed. And blessed because you were given an opportunity to experience this love. So you should always invite opportunities to experience this love mm -hmm. and not be attached to these instruments. But that's the thing, really. I think we are, when we, when we are in the middle of these very intense experiences of, of love, really, um, especially when they're connected to another person, we are so afraid of losing, yeah. right? We're so afraid that this person will go away, even like, I don't know, a few miles away. Well, it's already pain somehow. Yes, Alexia, this fear is a gamut of a lot of things. Fear of losing the man is fear of losing security, fear of losing the other part of you, fear of, fear of losing love. If you educate yourself properly and understand that this love is mine, this is not his. Mm -hmm. This love is mine and his going away is not going to take away this love. It's going to be with me always. You'll feel secure with your love, number one. And of course, there are certain conveniences that we always find in relationships, which is why we don't want to let go of relationships. So your <laughs> own inner strength, standing on your own feet, being rooted and grounded beautifully in Mother Earth, you are never insecure. If you are so strongly grounded and so strongly rooted in your own being, 
you will be in love but never in fear of losing that love hmm. and then people may call, come people may go it won't matter to you and i'm sure if you're so deeply grounded so deeply rooted and so much in your inner strength nobody will ever leave you and go hmm yeah true but i wonder how how do i how do i keep this feeling or how do i keep reminding myself are there any tools for that that i can stay present with that love or really keep keep um you know believing in it and and feeling it without the connection to you know somebody else something else you have to keep reminding yourself this is what the spiritual path calls for introspection reflection contemplation it helps you to understand the truth behind every dealing that you're having in this dualistic world every dealing your every interaction your every transaction has several hidden you know uh facts and in within relationship you know you should keep reflecting on what keeps this relationship going what is threatening this relationship possession aggression anger frustration fear what is threatening this relationship if you're able to one by one remove the straws and remove these pins that are pinning this then what remains is unconditional love between both of you and then this unconditional love should never be threatened there is no threat to this unconditional relationship to this unconditional love because this love is thriving in your hearts in your heart and in his heart nobody mm. can snatch this you if you if you live with this misnomer that somebody can take away this love from you then you have fear and then you hold then you cling then you're insecure then you're over demanding but if you're sure about it if you educate yourself every day contemplate and reflect on this fact that this love is your love nobody can take this from you you know then mm-hmm. you will enjoy a blessed relationship so you're saying really that following or pursuing a like spiritual path or spiritual practices like you know self inquiry or self study or also contemplation um helps to keep this feeling or helps you to really stay connected to this unconditional love that that we are able to experience right in everyday life yes it does spiritual pursuance and spiritual path makes you a wiser deeper person that will understand what are you going through in a relationship why are you going through in a relationship this awareness will expand your heart mm. open your heart and will invite tremendous amount of love not only from the one chosen person but from all the aspects of this universe including spaces including people including those whom you're interacting with at a mundane level even you you even they will shower you with love you will experience love for love's sake and not love as misunderstood by most of the people hmm I wonder I wonder though like how should modern relationships then uh, function or is there is there a need for like spiritual practices to have a successful modern relationship it sounds strange but right we live in a world where people get I mean divorced all the time very attached and, and needy and don't want to commit to another person 
um, I feel like it's becoming a lot harder to, to find this peace and this unconditional love. Yeah, if you are on the spiritual path and you are inviting love or a partner in your life, be very conscious and aware to relate to someone who is at par with your uh, pursuance, as at par with your vibrational field, and also has the same quest that you have, so that you can co-travel the path mm -hmm. and be beautiful, nurturing companions that can, that can, uh, you know, give freedom, space, and uh, and uh, you know, liberate each other from any kind of suffocation that relationships normally corner people into liberate each other of all the suffocations and co-travel hand in hand. That kind of a relationship can be very long-lasting, very nurturing and uh, truly work like a blessing on earth. For all other relationships, suppose you are already in a relationship and then you become quest pawn and become spiritual, then you obviously would drift apart because you're vibrating at a different frequency now than before and your partner is not vibrating at the same frequency and then it makes sense that um, the choices you have is either you part and walk to different ways or you bring yourself into a tolerant, adjustable mode where you are able to understand um, his needs and understand your needs and carry on with life with deep level conditioning and deep level adjustments, uh, compromises that you would choose to make. If Sometimes it happens, because I talk to a lot of couples, sometimes it happens that the other person is a very sweet person and a very, very lovable person, but is not spiritually inclined. And uh, the, uh, his partner is spiritually inclined and is growing day by day in uh, awareness and in seeking. And uh, she finds uh, a big drift coming between him and her because uh, her spiritual seeking is not something he's seeking. And uh, his, committed, uh, his committed loving nature is something she cannot leave so easily. You know, so then it becomes, uh, life becomes a very big challenge. But certainly if both of you are in integrity and are you, uh, and, and living in your own truths, you will find a common way to, to lead the life together. And if not, then you would find a good reason to separate, hmm. you know. But uh, loving relationships, uh, if you're quest-born and on a spiritual path, then yes, your choices uh, in your relationships should be very consciously and uh, consciously done and be done with a lot of awareness that if I have to have a long-lasting, fulfilling relationship, it has to be with someone who is almost walking parallelly to me on a same kind of a path. Mm, wow. Yeah. It makes me think or wonder. Um, I picked up the keyword vibration. So do you think, like, according to the success or not, su success is maybe not the right word, but the positive uh, feelings or, uh, let's take success, success that I have in a relationship are... Um, connected to my own vibration, so my frequency, right? I attract more of, yes. of what I vibrate in. Yeah. So if I change my frequency, I will attract even different human beings. Yes. No? And is, 
is there like uh, ways in the spiritual practices a path where I can heighten my vibration and maybe invite different people? Do you think that that will help? Me? <laughs> yes, in different cultures. At all, not only me. <laughs> yeah, in different cultures around the world, uh, different kinds of vibrational modalities are prescribed. Different religions, different cultures, different traditions uh, recommend different kinds of vibrational modalities that enhance and invite uh, that kind of, you know, uh, beings in your periphery, in your field. For instance, in India here, we have different kinds of mantra chantings that are done and different small rit little rituals that we uh, encourage girls, young girls to do so that they're inviting uh, uh, a, a beautiful spiritual being in their life, you know. And if you're clear about what kind of a partner you want, you can actually vibrate with that thought and invite that, that kind of a person in your life. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> but the, the condition here is, are you clear and sure about what kind of a, mm. uh, you know, person do you want, number one. Number two, is it only love that you're looking for or is it a convenience that you're looking for? Is it stability right. you're looking for? Is it worldly grounding that you're looking for? <laughs> Be sure of what are you looking for and you, you're sure to attract that. Yeah, I feel like very often these needs, they come out of uh, like a conditioning or the ego yeah. or, or something even subconscious, no? Yes, yes, that it does, been... it does. A lot, of, a lot of times it's a gamut of a, a lot of conscious thoughts and a lot of subconscious thoughts. If you have in your subconscious memories of paucity or poverty, or uh, then you are unknowingly searching for somebody who can fulfill that need. You know, and to not be poor. Yeah, to not be poor. Mm. And uh, also, if you have memories of uh, uh, abusive relationship, and the, the you know your subconscious is all, all you know vibrating already with fear that uh, I hope I don't get someone who's abusive. You know, which is which is like so. There, there is a gamut of uh, you know thoughts which are vibrating in your being. These spiritual practices that um, we were talking about, Alexia, help you to clean your filters so that you remove the unwanted. And that what you are left with now is only the conscious. And this conscious is uh, refined and brought to a very beautiful uh, clarity, you know, with, um, with, with a lot of intellectual power and a lot of conscience power, mm -hmm. you know. So you are vibrating then only with that which you are aware of. You're mm -hmm. not vibrating with something that you're not aware of. Mm, and that should be the key. And no? that, that's, that's the key, that's the key. Oh, that's the key. So, Ma, could you maybe just very quickly repeat these yeah. practices that you were talking about? Uh, in the in the video that we took, the practices that we were talking about, uh, yes, uh, we spoke about meditation being one of the foremost in the list. That uh, and when we say meditation, don't start imagining yourself sitting like a yogi in deep samadhi. One cannot achieve that state just overnight, and you cannot pose to be that. 
you know so it has to be a very slow gradual loving acceptance of stillness that you experience with your eyes closed so make a begin with making a commitment of uh, closing your eyes for about 15 20 minutes every day without making uh, letting your body move and uh, you know then uh, experiencing stillness by slowing down and loving your breath more and more experience stillness by not letting your eyeballs move or you know it's like slowly and steadily day by day day by day you become more and more aware that your body is and can be still at your will you know so this experimenting and experiencing is a path it's not a one day's formula so begin with uh, committing yourself to the to closing eyes and sitting for 20 minutes every day first and then uh, incorporate a lot of loving things loving rituals in your life uh, in your day to day uh, you know activities like for instance cleaning your home with a lot of love cleaning your desk table with a lot of love very consciously invoking love in your heart as you cut your vegetables or as you cook or as you just do your day to day errands you know around the house can you consciously bring love up and do things with love this in itself is an exercise that will take you very closer to the truth hmm. and then the third thing alexia what we spoke about was making an icon for the universal consciousness you know we all believe in this power in this light that is uh, making us survive and that holds the earth in the solar system and uh, brings the seasons and the climates and everything beautifully being looked after in the universe we all believe in this power uh, many many of us due to due to some cultural shock don't want to call this power god you know but that's completely <laughs> okay if you don't want to call it god call it anything else but if you're able to make an icon for this power and place it in your altar and have a communication with this icon every day we call it upasana in our indian system we call it upasana upasana is sitting by this deity or sitting by this idol or sitting by this icon to take a one on one communication every day tay tay with the deity every day so that you learn the act of surrender so that you're mm. able to talk every day in the evening to this power and you're able to bow down your head and put it on the ground and uh, let your ego malleate and molten you know every day so that you're able to surrender all of that which is going on inside of you and this includes all your fears or your worries all the anxiety all of the inconveniences that are there and also to surrender in gratitude for all the good things that you've experienced through the day even if you're able to incorporate these three things every day your spiritual path will widen and open full hands to embrace you and take you nearest and closest to your truth wow thank you ma that's very profound so i and i can commit uh, that this these uh, three things have been big time medicine for myself my own spiritual path um just one last question to to the third point you were talking about an idol or a spiritual icon um can we use anything 
Like, or how do we choose who, who we talk or pray to? Well, the seers in the world, the saints in the world have created different icons, different idols, different deities, different goddesses, different gods. They all lead you to the universal consciousness and all of them are one. There isn't any, the, the Tara of the Japanese or the Chinese origin is no different. Buddhist origin is no different from the Lakshmi in India. And mm -hmm. uh, the Kuan Yin is no different from Saraswati or, mm -hmm. you know, so they aren't any different, but they have different names, different styles and different colors and different metals in which they are made. So whatever catches you, whatever, you know, resonates with you, pick up something beautiful and make it the representation of the universal consciousness. What if people have uh, resistance to, to working with this, like, idols, gods or goddesses? Say, if they're coming from religions where that is not so existent, um, what if they would just pray to a, a flower or plant? Yes, when we pray to perishable things, then we see our eyes and our intellect sees that this is perishing. Uh, it's not living forever. Right. So how can something <laughs> that is not living forever be my God? You know, it can't. And uh, if, if people find themselves resisting to the suggestions that we give, then the person has to learn to deal with this resistance. Can mm. you uncondition and remove even the fear associated or the limitation associated or the memory associated to this particular ism that you're talking about or thinking about? Liberate yourself of this fear liberate yourself of this resistance and try doing it try doing it there is no harm in trying right so big time surrender because the only thing you can get out is is love anyway no like yes. it's it's a personal practice it's a personal practice and if someone who does not believe in in these kind of practices and holds a lot of uh, stiffness in their heart or resistance in their body to this kind of uh, practice and is able to surrender without a deity or without an icon and is able to truly surrender and find himself anchored to the universal light without having an icon, well, then he doesn't need it. Yeah, but he, he must be a saint it. in that case, but then no? he would be a saint, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if someone like me who has lots of different statues? <laughs> well, you that, connect all of them are atoms of the same God. Right, yes. Different flavors, no? Different flavors different of moods, the same dish. Like the Shakti, <laughs> different moods of, of the Shakti. Yeah. Wow. That was very profound, Ma. Thank you so much. I think we'll... Close thank you, thank you, Alexia. Thank this you, this podcast Dominique. here, and uh, lots of love to all of you from India, from the banks of Mother Ganga, from the Temple of Silence in Kirti Hermitage. Thank you, mm, thank you so much. That was Earth Medicine Podcast with Alexia and Magyan Sovera. See you soon.